the elephant in the pew. Elephant in the Pew podcast, where they engage in the topics everyone wants to talk about, but nobody wants to discuss. From the Elephant Portable Studio, here are your hosts, Stephen Whitten and Ryan Reggie. Are we evil or are we good does change things for us for the church. What's the point of church if we are just inherently good people who make bad decisions? Yeah, um, I guess we could look at it from both perspectives. Welcome to the Elephant in the Pew podcast, the show that brings you our opinions in a nicely tuned, well-oiled, chaotic sound clip to engage in the topics everyone wants to talk about, but nobody wants to discuss. I'm Stephen Witten. And I'm Ryan Ramsey. This episode is brought to you by ElephantPew.com, your one-stop shop for everything in the world that is Elephant in the Pew. It's also brought to you by Engaging the Elephant do you ever listen to our Elf in the Pew podcast and think, I wish my church would ask these questions? Or, or do you ever wish there was some, someone who could help you get your church through some of the road bumps along the way? Like, why can't we agree on music? Or what is our stance on homosexuality? Or how can we focus on unbelievers but yet still remain in existence for believers and yet reach those who aren't here? There might be a hundred other questions you want to hear your church address, but there has never been a good way to do that without starting a church war. Until now, um, myself, Ryan Ramsey, and Stephen Witten want to help your church engage the elephant in the pew in your local church. We will come to your church, meet with your pastor, staff, board, and even the congregation to create a fair and balanced process that allows everyone's voice to be heard. And by the end of the process, your organization will have a position on that issue that fairly resembles the congregation. People want to be heard, and when people feel like they aren't heard, they'll leave. Engaging the elephant wants to help churches and organizations give their people a voice. If you are interested in learning more about engaging the elephant, Visit elephantpew.com or email us at ryan at elephantpew.com or steven at elephantpew.com and get a free consultation today. Thank you so much for making us part of your day, night, evening, morning, or whenever you decided to listen to us. We're so glad that you made us a part of your routine. Today we're going to be talking about sin. Technically, it's going to be about the misunderstanding of sin and about people. Um, so Ryan, we'll, we'll start off with you. Well, let's just start off with a bit. Tell us all your sins. <laughs> what? Yes. Sort of, go ahead and <laughs> no, just tell oh, us yeah. No, all I didn't sins. ask if you were sinful. Oh, I was just well, saying, everybody knows that. let's start off with you and your topic idea. Okay. Um, let me just ask the question. Are we humans really bad? Like, are we a bad people? It's a good question. I know that's why I asked it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and it turns out that um, we're not. We're all just really good. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> oh man. Um, no. This is one of the. What the, you don't know are the um, the hypocrisy police are about to come. <laughs> They're knocking on my door. Um, so this is like the first question asked in theology class. Ah. Um. So and I will let you know that I did fail this question the first time. Not the class I, though. No. No, I got a C in the class. It was a hard class. Um, C's are degrees. <laughs> okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was my first my first theology class, my second semester of college. Might have even been my first semester at Indiana Wesleyan. And went to one of my favorite teachers' classes now. Um, and he said, are people inherently bad or are people inherently good? Um, 
go. And uh, I was thinking, you know, I grew up in a Methodist church, and uh, teaching around my life wasn't real great. Um, so I was probably, as far as knowledge about my faith, was very small. Um, all I knew was that we were supposed to be good people and uh, do nice things, right? Just like Jesus asked us to. And um, huh. and uh, so I said... I wasn't going to say anything. I said... Um, I think I've openly admitted my disagreement with that and how I grew up. So um, so I said, I think people are good on the inside. They just choose to make bad decisions. And I remember my teacher was like, I think I, he called me a heretic the first day or something yeah. like that. But, uh, That's usually what he did, though. Uh, yeah. So, um, so that was a growing process to kind of learn what the biblical view of us was. So um, I would say that um, my, my, my people <laughs> would say... Um, that we are not good. Um, there is little that is good about us. Um, but we can talk more about that as the show continues today because um, the largely propagated um, cultural belief in America especially. Mm-hmm. It, and even in, in most of this is held in uh, most churches these days yeah. um, is that we're good people and God wants us to be happy. And um, we should, all we have to do is uh, name it and claim it, right? Mm, yeah, that's not good. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying this is how this is how many um, churches and people in this world actually believe. We we're actually inherently good. It's just the society and culture have made us bad. Yeah, that's the that's the um, routine um, belief. In the world today, um, a lot of a lot of uh, and it, it goes down to even even psychologists are coming out with studies that they have proof that because babies react certain ways that we're inherently good because a baby acts good when they're. That's funny because when I try and feed my baby girl and give her a spoonful of uh, food, she kicks it out of my hand. I don't feel like that's inherently good. I feel like that's inherently <laughs> evil. Well, maybe we're discussing now, and then we also have to come to the next question. Here is what is good and what is evil. That's an age-old debate, but like that's how that's I think that's another um, disconnect that we have with the world. The world would say that being good is just being a decent human human being right you know do you murder other people no well Well, then you're good you must be good yeah you're good no worries but you know they they miss the point on certain things so like we have to like when these studies when you see these studies that say oh we're inherently good or when you hear these people that say well we're inherently good what is their definition of being a good human being Mm -hmm. because my definition of being a good human being um would be jesus Mm. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. So, I mean, that's my definition. Like, if you look in the dictionary, in my dictionary, and you say good human being, Jesus is the portrait. It's right there. It's only been one. Only been one good Only human. been one. There's only been one. I'm sorry. I didn't know what you was like. One dictionary? No, I have several dictionaries <laughs> in my house. I'm just <laughs> but, I mean, that's the thing is uh, we have to realize that people's definition of good goodness is completely different than ours 
in the aspect of Christianity. Mm-hmm. So, um, what does this mean for us and all? So let's uh, let's dive into this. Um, Ryan, what do you think? Um, the, the answer to this question: Are we are we evil or are we good? Definitely mean does change things for us for um, the church. Like, what's the what's the point of church if we are just inherently good people who make bad decisions? Yeah, um, I guess we could look at it from both perspectives. If um, I've kind of already said what I think, just to keep. Oh, the, you want me to? I've already said what I thought too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. Let me finish talking, <laughs> Stephen. Gosh, quit interrupting me. I've already said what I think about what I believe, but um, but if we look at both, um, both options and kind of follow out their natural conclusions. Um, I think you can do that. So let's say that we believe that uh, people are inherently good. They just need to, like, release their inner light or something like that. Or I don't know what they would say. <laughs> they need to put off the ways of um, selfish, sinful, you know what I mean? I don't know. So, like, what's the purpose of church then? Um, I think, in my opinion, the purpose of church would be to give them tools to find out who they're true self is so that they can more readily identify who that is and what it is and so that they can access that good person on the inside which it sounds like a bunch of hippy dippy baloney to me but um, <laughs> as I say it even but, yeah, right. but then I think about it and I think that's a lot of mainstream Christianity's kind of message on Sunday mm-hmm. like you think of um, now I'm not going to throw Rick Warren under the bus by any means but like his purpose driven life mm-hmm. book on the surface, looks looks like that, right? I mean, yeah. like that's so. I mean, and a lot of non Christians will look and they're like, when you sit, when you when you make the decision to um, say, yeah, I'm a Christian, and people look at you, they go, oh, well, that's nice that you have something that will help you out in your life. Ew! Oh, poor little weak human. Yeah, that's what a lot of people think that they think that Christianity is just a crutch for non-intellectual people. Mm-hmm. And what they don't realize is that the majority of never I'm not going to get into name calling, but the idea here is is that, you know, many intellectuals are Christians, have been Christians and continue to be Christians, not because that Christianity is a self-help guide um to being good people, but it's a it's totally different. Um so going back to the whole mindset of what is the purpose of church if we're just good people who make bad decisions, I would say that it's a self-help group, right? Or a, a um, what it, it's like Alcoholics Anonymous, only it's, you know, it's good people who make bad decisions anonymous type thing where we all know that we're bad. We're all good people who make bad decisions. We're just bad at making decisions. And right. so we're here to help each other make good decisions from here on out. I would say that's kind of what church is all about. If yeah. if the answer to the original question of are we good or bad, or, and we say that we're good people who make bad decisions. Right. But the Bible clearly says differently. That, right. Um, so let's move on to the next phase would be, um, and we'll talk about the church, what the church is purpose if we are evil but what um let's go into like some scientific um scientific methods or um 
studies on why people say that we're inherently good. Well, now it's time for Steven's Science Corner. Yeah. No, let's not even <laughs> let's not even say that. So, um, Steven the Science Guy. <laughs> you like to um, tie a lot of these scientific people to me, and I don't necessarily <laughs> agree with it. <coughs> Steven Science Corner. Go ahead, Steven. Give us the science corner. So, <laughs> the question of be- humans being um, good or bad is an age-old question. Philosophers have um, discussed this for years. The question really comes down to: Are we um, basically good-natured who that are corrupted by, then corrupted by society as it is, or are we bad, inherently bad, and um, it is society that keeps us into check? Um, and so, psychology. This is an article that I read. An article. It's on uh, BBC.com. So it must be good. So. Yeah. Um, it's written by Tom Stafford and it was actually written in 2013, but they had a, he talks about this, um, Yale university has carried out these ingenious experiments and he, these are words that he used, not me, um, that, uh, they actually used babies and did a puppet show and showed there was no human emotion. It was just shapes with eyeballs. And um, they did this experiment, and I'll, I'll um, let me say this. Let's see. Imagine you are a baby, and since you are, you have a short turn, short attention span. The experiment will be shorter and loads more fun than most psych- psychological experiments. It was basically a kind of puppet show. The stage, a scene featuring a bright green hill, and puppets were cut out shapes with sticks on wobbly eyes a triangle a square and a circle each in their own bright colors what happened next was a short play as one of the shapes tried to climb the hill struggling up and falling back down next the other two shapes got involved with either one helping the climber up the hill by pushing up from behind or the other one hindering the climber by pushing back from above so that was the experiment they were using puppets, not just, um, not like people puppets, but like just shapes with eyes. And um, the um, results showed that the babies responded better to the one that was helping the one circle up the hill rather than the one deterring. And this was... Um, enough evidence for some of the um, research in the Yale University to say that we are inherently good because these babies want to see um, the other person succeed at what they were wanting to do. And so th- what I was what I was um, thinking when I was reading this article was what does, their good mean because my good means different. So that was the first question that came to mind. Yeah. So the reason why th- they quote have scientific evidence that says we're inherently good is based off of this idea that somebody wants to see another, like somebody who's not been influenced by society as well as it, as well as someone say my age, 28, um, wants to see somebody else succeed 
um, is scientific proof that we're good. Hmm. So, Ryan, what do you think about that? I mean, like your whole, I mean, on the surface, it's it kind of it's like a heartwarming, ex, you know, story that, oh, look, baby, even babies want to see people succeed. Yeah, um, but people want to see others succeed for lots of different reasons, you know. And I know that babies can't really develop any sort of, um, I don't know. Babies, at least I don't think, to have any sort of agenda or anything like that other than like food and yeah, uh, pure pleasure. So, you know, we like to see people succeed um, because we either have something in the game and if they win, we win. Um, we like to see people succeed because um, it will show somebody else wrong or right you know what I mean like there's all sorts of motives around other people succeeding sometimes like for instance there are people who would love to see Hillary Clinton succeed but maybe it's not so that they can have power or you know so it's yeah. seeing somebody succeed isn't necessarily good or evil I mean that's that's not a a fair assessment That's and that's where I was going with it really was this whole idea that like so my question was um, to myself was, okay, so that's their basis of good. Well, what about, I mean, like, okay, so if we're inherently good, that means that we care about somebody else. And that means that, I mean, non-Christians could be good people. Yeah, and I think probably... Yeah, I I think that we have to really be careful because um, I wouldn't go as far as to say any of those things make us good. I mean, the closest thing that I can think of that would determine a good person would be um, someone who is willing to sacrifice any sort of self-gain for the gain of others. Mm -hmm. But even then, even then, I mean, that would be the most pure form of good, I would think, if I'm taking... Yeah, Christian out of it, but even then, there can be selfish motives, ill motives um, that we don't necessarily know about. Therefore, making it not good, right? And so, I'm not sure there is any way for us to tell. And as far as Scripture goes, I mean, we're not good. No, uh, we're not. Well, and you know that. So let's go on to the next section of the whole thing. Like we. We've we've heard about how the science says that we are inherently good, so we have to. We went down that rabbit trail of so we if we are inherently tr- good, then what's the mean for the church? Let's do the reverse of that. Yeah, and I I have just a few scriptures pulled up. Yeah, absolutely. And um, even Jesus said um, in Luke eighteen and nineteen, "Why do you call me good?" Jesus asked him, "No one, no one is good, but one, God." So he's saying. You know, there is no one that's good other than God. And then um, the other passage that really uh, jumped out is um, Romans 3, 9 through 12. It says, What then? Are we any better? Not at all. For we have previously charged that both Jews and Gentiles are all under sin. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. All alike have become useless 
There is no one who does what is good, not even one. And it goes on to say some other things about what what we are like. Our throat is an open grave, and we deceive with our tongues. Okay, so um, it's very clear that uh, we are not uh, good people if you if you read the Bible and read what Jesus says about that. And then um, lastly, and actually we talked about this actually last night at a small group, um, and it is. Um, Ephesians. So if you go to Ephesians 2, uh, 1 through 10. And this is kind of a long passage, so you just have to bear with me as I as I read it to you. Um, it says this, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you previously walked according to the ways of the world, according to the ruler who exercises authority over the lower heavens, the spirit now working in the disobedient. Okay, We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts. And we were by nature children under wrath, as the others were also. Okay? So, um, and that's only up through, I think, uh, eight, or no, sorry, one through three, I think like that. But, um, so, you know, we're, there's nothing good about us. The Bible says that clearly over and over again, that there is nothing that we have um, done that's good or anything we've accomplished good, because, all of all of the goodness in us or all the things we've done are all controlled by fleshly desires. And so those fleshly desires are sin and they're they're sinful. And um, sin has penetrated our entire being, our entire world. And so um, so so we are not good. Um, so as far as biblically, um, that's kind of where you go. And there's more yeah. more verses than that. But um, there yeah, there are there are quite a lot of um, verses in the Bible that clearly state that we are not good. Um, it comes. What it boils down to, in my opinion, is that we have a different definition of good and bad than that of the world. The world is, if you're a decent human being, yeah. you you don't cheat, you don't lie, you don't steal, you um, you don't murder. These are all, you, you know. These are all good things. And it even comes down to, like, they've loosened that up a little bit because lying is accepted right. in certain areas, in, in, including politics. Politics in our world, we accept liars, unfortunately, but our world is okay with that. Yeah. Um, and that, and even if those lies cause murders, they are, we're okay with that. So to say that, we, you know, if you don't murder someone, well, obviously... Um, um, we have a presidential nomin nominee who, um, through lies, um, killed people, um, and or maybe not killed them directly, but you know didn't stop their deaths and when they could have. So, in my opinion, it's just as bad as killing them. So, in society, we have to we have to realize that their definition of good and bad is completely different than that of the Christian society and right. Christian culture. Yeah. Knowing that even if you are a decent human being, mm -hmm. you are still detestable mm -hmm. in the eyes of God. Yeah. Right? Um, so, that, I mean, and this is why the church is so important. The church helps us cope with this idea that we are detestable in the in the in the eyes of God. 
Right. Because the church helps us realize that it's not who we are that gets us into heaven. Mm. It's who Jesus was and is that gets us into heaven. Right. So, um, and that's interesting because, um, that the second part of that passage that I didn't read in Ephesians is this, it's, there's a real turnaround of that passage. It says, but God, so it talks about how um, we're children under wrath basically, right? It says, but God who was rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us made us alive with the Messiah. Even though we were dead in our trespasses, you are saved by grace. Together with Christ Jesus, he also raised us up and seated us in the heavens so that in the coming ages he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift from God, not from works, so that no one can boast. For we are his creation, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time so that we should walk in them. So, you know, it's that the reason why we are able to come together as a church and sing is the whole but God, you know, but God did this. Mm -hmm. And um, if we become, if we accept the whole idea of um, that we're good, we're not that bad, um, you can't judge me, that whole kind of mentality that that the world takes on, um, even some Christians take on, um, or being like the best you today, you know what I mean? Or that whole yeah. I- that whole idea, we are essentially saying, you know what, God, we got this. We're pretty good on our own. We, we don't really need you. Yeah. You know, um, it's and that's that's a lie. That's inaccurate. It's a biblical inaccuracy and it's a theological inaccuracy, because if we could have done it on our own, then why did we need Jesus at all? Yeah, and that's that's where I come down to it. Is is like, no matter how on us on our best day mm-hmm. is still not good enough. Yeah. Like I can't explain to you how much we're not good enough that even if we were the best person that you can think of in your life right now and you multiply that by a hundred, we still wouldn't even come to a percentage like a fraction of a percent. Yeah. To what Jesus was. Um, and so like, that's the thing is like when I say, you know, at the very beginning, it's our, you know, our misunderstanding of sin. Um, I think we fully misunderstand the whole idea that sin in and of itself is not a plague to us. Mm. It's a, um, it's a result of who we are. You know, it's the whole idea of like, we don't, um, uh, J.D. Greer just said yeah, this. I saw this. J.D. Greer said, um, we are not um, sinners because we sin. We are, we sin because we're sinners. Like, yeah. it's who we are. Like, it made me think, like, how else is that? But, like, we aren't liars because we lie. We are, we lie because we are liars. You know? Yeah. We're just, that's, that's who the, we are. Like, when you think about it that way, when we are, when we are the sin, yeah. We are we are the reason why we sin. It's not it's not we sin because of something external. We sin because of something internal in us. We are we inherently that's what we draw that's what we strive to do is we actually it's against it's it's part of our nature to do something that is not pleasing to God. Yeah. And so 
that's the whole idea. Like that's what makes the gift of Jesus that Jesus gave us so incredible is that we do everything in our power to do something against God. Yeah. And yet he still loved us so much that he sent his son to, to reverse everything, reverse all of our wants and needs and say, you know what? I know you want to do this, but if you, but accept me, you don't have to worry about that because I've already covered it for you. And so, I mean, um, I guess that's what, um, like, and I, and I struggle a lot with my cynicism in this when it comes to the church, um, because what the church should be doing, we're not, because a lot of churches are just giving this whole idea of we're good people who make bad decisions, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, but when we understand the idea that we are inherently evil, the church should be there right by us saying, you know what, we're all bad. But he, Jesus, is good. And so, I mean, like, that's what the the whole idea is. It turns from a um, self-help group into a coping group, right? Mm -hmm. We're coping with these things. Because we know that we are are, inherently evil, but we are striving to to reach, um, to, to, to accept Jesus' gift. If that makes sense. Like, that's the whole point of church. That's what I believe that, um, and yes, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm, I've stepped on toes today when I said, yeah, we're inherently evil, but I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm regurgitating scripture in that, that thought. It's not the first person, I'm not the first person to think that we're inherently evil. I know I'm not. Compared to me, you haven't even begun to step on toes. <laughs> well, I remember when I was in um, college, it was my freshman year of college, and I came back to um, my home church for a Bible study. And we were talking about this very topic, about how, um, and I said something, and at the time I realized that, I realized now um, that how faulty it was, but at the time I said something that is very profound to me was, and we were discussing demons and the devil, and I said, I feel like we give the devil too much credit. Mm -hmm. And... At the time, I was like, we, I was like, even if Satan didn't exist, I'm pretty sure that humans would have fallen. Hmm. And, and, you know, at that time, I was, I was the youngest in the group. I, of the Bible study, I think it was made up of 40 and 50 year olds. Um, and so, like, when I said that, they were, they, they didn't come down on me or anything like that, but they kind of had that, that thought. It's like, hmm. Hmm. What's this kid? Mm. What's this kid talking about? Steven's been drinking the Kool Aid, <laughs> but it's true. In my, it's very. Uh, don't get me wrong. I think the devil is a very powerful being in this world. He he is controlling the world right now, in um, its pursuit against Christianity, and um, but I still believe that we are inherently evil not because of what Satan has done but because of who we are and our in our nature and it's it's only Jesus that can counteract that um so yes Satan and his um demons they all have these powers that are against us but truly 
it's us that um, make the decision to whether or not um, to do something or not. I mean, the devil can't force you to to uh, sin, right? But he can tempt you, and if you give into that temptation, well, mm-hmm. I mean, and that's the thing: are we bent? Are we naturally bent to right. give into the temptation? Yeah, that was very good. This is your closing thoughts, wasn't it? Yeah, that was my closing <laughs> thoughts right here. No, it wasn't yet. Um, yeah, and that's, I mean, this is kind of a, anybody who's studied theology at all or isn't um, isn't making their theological assessment of this topic about sin from some sort of New Age um, Mick Bible where they pick and choose exactly what they want to believe or not want to believe um, is going to land in the same place because the Bible is very clear. Jesus made it very clear that we're all sinners and no, none of us are good. And the purpose behind that is because um, even back in the Old Testament, those who were trying to keep the law, they you know, they kept the letter of the law. Excuse me, as I said. Um, so they kept every little detail of the law thinking that um, that would save them. That they would, God would save them because they didn't ever break the law, so they didn't need sacrifice. Mm. And that in itself was the biggest lie ever because the whole point of Jesus coming was to be the sacrifice because nobody else could do it. Um, nobody else could be that sacrifice. The animals that were part of the Jewish tradition, um, I would say were the expression of, um, our desire or, or their desire to be repented of their sin. But the blood of a sheep was not enough to cover the blood of humans. You know, like right. it was more of an expression and God knew, um, that Christ is coming for us. And so he was trying to get them to make the parallel connection. So um, Jesus pounded this whole idea hard into their heads um, that there is no one who is good and there is no one else who can do this. Um, it is me. I am God, and I'm come, I've come to do this um, for you guys. So for A, for us to, uh, in some sort of New Age theology, come along and say um, that this is something that we can um, that we can change or that we can, um, you know, make like oh well I think there there is good in us no I don't think so and I think that comes from media and um you know people trying to see the good in people and um you know you you watch tv these days and uh, I don't know if you ever watched the Gilmore Girls but my wife has been watching the Gilmore Girls and and there's this (laughs) there's a character on that show um and uh everybody in town knows he's trouble and knows he's no good but uh Rory the main character the female um she sees this boy because she has some things in common with him one like they both like to read or whatever um as like everybody hates him and he's not that bad i don't know why anybody else sees it like i do um and, and the truth of the matter is is let's make um let's make the boy the human race in general and um god's like yeah you're bad news as far as on your own you're bad news you're you're a, but we're like for some reason that rory like we're not that bad. Just people just misunderstand us. We're, you know, we're really trying yeah. to be good and we just, we're, we're miss. It's like, no, you need to understand that you are bad. Um, you don't have any hope. Um, you're lost and without Christ, um, you're no good. So we don't do anything good. And that's, that's kind of the miracle of the whole thing that Christ wanted us when we were completely sinful and had nothing to offer. And it was before, um, before we did anything good, before we had any good works, that Christ came to save us, and um, and and people look at that as like, well, I can't accept that gift. That's not fair. Well, the miracle in that is that you 
that means that there's no amount of good works you have to do to keep it either. You know, it's a free gift. Now, are works part of that equation? Do they, are they an expression of the inward work in your life? Yeah. But they don't have any power to keep it because they didn't have any power to gain it. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of my thoughts on that, kind of summarizing what you said too from a different perspective. Um, I think people in general are trying so hard to equate goodness as far as the world and culture standards goodness with um, salvation and heaven because that's um, what they they want people to get to heaven because they're good you know so yeah there's the clock tower uh, we all know what that means here at Elf in the Pew it means that it's time for our closing thoughts Stephen alright these are going to be short and sweet okay because I believe that this just like me well, short. I don't know about this. Sweet short part. and sweet. Uh, <laughs> um, we need Jesus. Without Him, we are literally you nothing. You need Jesus. We. Oh, right. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. Without Him, we are literally nothing. We can't even think of heaven. All we know and all we'll ever know is hell without Jesus. And um, and that's what I think. um, And that's my closing thoughts. (laughs) And that's my closing thought. Um, When I say we're inherently evil, that's what I mean. Is like we, there's nothing that we can do to counteract our nature. It's only Jesus that can counteract our nature in the eyes in the in the eyes of the Father, and thank God He does, Mm -hmm. because. Our future looks really bleak if it wasn't for Jesus. So those are my closing thoughts. I told you it was short and sweet. You can find me on stoneswillcry.com or elephantpew.com and any of the various social medias, Stones Will Cry. Right. Thanks, Stephen. I appreciate Mm -hmm. that. Um, Yeah, as far as closing thoughts, um, we all desperately want... um, We all desperately want goodness to be the reason why we get to go to heaven um you know the whole sin issue like and i know the topic is sin and um but we talked about that but at the root of that so i'm saying goodness is that we want to believe that we have the capability of being good because then good people then get to go to heaven and that logic and then we have some control over it as long as my good outweighs my bad then um i get to go to heaven and we're in control of it and bad people then in our minds um bad people it solves two problems. People who never found Christ but lived very good lives get to go to heaven, which we we think is right on our own accord. And then people who lived awful, terrible lives like Hitler, um, you know, go to hell even if they had a bedside conversion to Christ. You know, when we say they go to hell, well, they didn't have time to fix uh, all the bad they did, so they still go to hell and pay the consequence. And we think that's fair. The problem is, is that Christ never intended it to be fair in the first place. It was never fair in the first place. It's not fair that he had to come and pay our sins. That's not fair. So if we're going for fairness, Christ really got the short end of the stick because he didn't ever ever sin, and he paid for all the sins in all of history. So goodness really has nothing to do with it. That's the thing. That's why Christ wants to drive into the minds of the people he preaches to that no one is good, that we're all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and that we're all in need of a Savior. Like um, Stephen just said, we need Jesus. And so 
what the world will do in a convenient lie um, is that we need to be good people and we need to take care of each other and we need to just be all these good things. But all of those great things um, separated from the person of Christ and the work on the cross um, is rubbish, like Paul says. It's all rubbish because there was no point in it if we never understood that we needed Christ and we needed his love and his mercy and his compassion because without him, um, there's only hell. And um, with him, the good works follow because of his salvation and what he's done in our hearts with the Holy Spirit. So just want to be sure as we listen to this that we don't get um, the story out of order. I think the order is really important. The story is we were made in God's image. We are corrupted by sin in the garden. We became sinful beings to our DNA, to our core, passed down through our fathers to us, uh, the sin after generation after generation after generation. Even nature became tainted by sin as death and um, as natural disasters happened, this, this fallen nature that's, that's happened. Um, and then Christ came and died for us, right? And so it is that putting ourselves in him, accepting his free gift of salvation, we are given a new life, like that Ephesians said, that said, but God who loved us so much um, did that for us that we put off the old person who was under the prince of the air, right? And we then became um, a new person with the Holy Spirit. So we are saved from with nothing to offer. We are then um, given this new life in Christ with the power of the Holy Spirit to do good works and to be good people because of who Christ is, not anything to do with what we are. So I just want us to remember to keep the timeline straight when somebody says hey we're generally good people um i would challenge them and say hey what does the bible say about that because people need to understand before they can be saved that they need to be saved and um, if you don't understand how corrupt we are um as created individuals um, in this world that we um if you don't understand how corrupt we are then you won't know that you need to be saved so that would be my closing thoughts. You can find me at uh, shoutingintothewild.com or elephantpew.com. Uh, check out my blog and uh, my podcast over there. All right. I'd like to thank our subscribers and listeners who chose to listen to us today. We are so humbled you decided to be a part of our days. But not only that, but we're also humbled that you allowed us to be a part of your day. You guys are the best, and thank you so much for everything that you do. The episode, um, This episode was brought to you by ElephantPew.com as well as Engaging the Elephant. And don't forget to keep checking the website. Here in the next couple weeks, um, we'll be going um, doing some major renovations on the website. And um, hopefully it'll be a sle- seamless transfer um, with all of the things going on with our uh, switch up. Um, on super, podcasting, super top secret, super top secret. Well, it's not super top secret. It's just I don't want to bore people with it. Yeah. Okay. So. And um, so thank you so much for tuning in. Tonight. You can check us out in the various podcasting places. I'd really encourage you to go to iTunes.com and um, look at the podcast and subscribe and rate and review over there. If you rate and review, you will um be able to uh get your name on the show in a poem. So get over there and rate and review on, on iTunes. But you can also check us out on um, Blueberry.com, Spreaker.com, uh, Google Store, all those places. Um, and don't forget to uh, check out ElephantPew.com as we uh, 
give you resources and opportunities over there. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, I'm Ryan Ramsey. And I'm Stephen Witten. And until next time, have a wonderful week. God bless you.